I'm Julie. And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Indeed. Yeah, my, my plans to do this from the container ship were thwarted <laughs> at the last minute. <laughs> was it pirates? Yeah, it could have been pirates. I don't know. They, they didn't send me uh, what was wrong. But the oh. ship didn't show up here in Utah, which I don't understand. Oh. Yeah. yeah. just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Phillips is our movie. Ah, uh, loved it. Uh, Captain Phillips, and it was a movie from 2013, uh, directed by Paul Greengrass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, based on a true story. Starring Tom Hanks. Starring Tom Hanks. Yeah, how could I forget that? And a fellow who, this was his first time acting job. Hmm. who is a Somali, but he's from Minnesota, I think is where they found him. Crud. Really? I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. There's a huge Somali community there. I didn't know that either. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so they did yeah. all the Somalis in the movie uh-huh. were cast um, from real Somali people who'd never acted before. I knew that, but I thought they went to Somalia for that. I guess I just assumed. Nope. That's well, really terrific. At least that guy. Yeah. Yeah. His name is uh, Barkhad Ad- Abdi. Yeah, this is why I didn't know his name. Barkad Abdi <laughs> did a fantastic job. Really great. Yeah. Really great. He was so good. And he's been in a few other things, I'm glad to see. Oh, yeah, Blade Runner 2049. Very okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get him in some stuff. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, he was exactly. just great. Yeah, so he played the, the pirate leader, Muse, right? Oh, is it Muse? Mm-hmm. I kept seeing it thinking Muse. <laughs> Muse is better. I think that's you're what right. they called him as Muse. No, you're right. Um, you're right. But yeah, so yeah, it's it's a really terrific movie, um, based again on a true story about um, a container ship that is captained by Captain Phillips, Richard Phillips, and is hijacked <laughs> by a tiny band of Somali pirates off the coast of Somalia. Yeah, and I think this is back. There was a time period where that was happening all the time. So maybe it was 2009, something like that. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, it was 2009 is when the actual event happened. Yeah. Uh, In Maersk, Alabama. Yeah, and you'd hear about this stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that something like this happened. And the movie itself is interesting because it is all action. There's a little bit of preparatory stuff for Busey being one of the two captains that's being sent out to try and, you know, find a ship to hijack. There's a little stuff for Captain Phillips with his wife saying goodbye and saying a few things about their kids, what he's worried about with one of their kids and, you know, maybe lose security on the ship, which Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with anything later. But that's it. And then (laughs) I remember I was watching this. Yeah, I was watching this and he's like, you know, we seem like we're getting a little sloppy here. And he doesn't really know these people. They all just show up, and um, he, he's like, "So let's run a let's run a pirate drill." And partway through the pirate drill, he's looking at the radar, going, "Whoa, hold on, that doesn't <laughs> look good." And you're just like, "I thought there was going to be more setup. You get to know a couple of people, mm-hmm. you uh, see them do a few drills or a couple other things, so you know where the weak spots are, the secret things are, so you've been taught these things, so you know what they're going to do." No. 
we're just diving in. It was very effective. Yeah, I thought it was effective too. It really felt authentic to me, you know. Not Mm -hmm. being a container ship person, I I loved all (laughs) of it. I just love seeing just how things work. I I really enjoy that. But it it just felt really authentic. Yeah, and the seeing how things work, if if somebody's listening who hasn't seen this, it's not like, how do we get the containers on the ship? It is, how does a great big ship like this try to keep away a small determined skiff with a few people who have guns? And it was, to me, like watching a buffalo try to hold off a wolf. Yeah, that's really, really good analogy there. Yeah. Yeah. It made me wonder was, why they weren't armed if this was happening all the time. But I'm sure that, right? that just wasn't uh, – I'm sure this was accurate to what how things really were. But, yeah, I wonder – no weapons at all. I mean, they, they were – you know, he was even shooting flares at them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what do we have that we can shoot? Yeah. Shoot flares. You know, these guys have guns and bullets and they're shooting flares and water. And not yeah. only that, but they couldn't stand on the side of the boat and aim water at them because it just gets shot. Right. So really interesting. Yeah. No, it was really fascinating. And then everybody kind of knew the drills for, you know, you run and you hide. If you're found, uh, one of the pieces of information that I thought was so important was if you're caught, remember, you know the ship and they don't. You could misdirect them relatively easily. And he w- and we watched him doing that as because he and the um, bridge crew are captured. Everybody else is hiding. And so, and those are the things, yeah, that you were talking about, um, you know, watching how things work. And that's part of it. It's the head games. Remember Alien? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're just seeing him just running the ship. Um, it, it's that kind of thing. And there, there's no specific info dump details about how this works, but there's little lines like, Put those keys in your pocket, you know, because because oh, yeah. they were doing a, a pirate. This was the drill, and um, he's like, "Put all those keys in your pocket. If a, if a pirate gets those, they'll have every door in the ship, you know." Yeah. And the pirates never got those keys, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, it, it's just a little detail. You're like, "Yeah, well, that's interesting." So they had thought really through what to do when they were pirates, and you know, obviously they had a drill to deal with it. Um, I, I just find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and then the story, I guess, um, it's really Captain Phillips versus Captain Muse. Yeah. It's a really, you know, kind of a one-on-one thing, even though there are other people there. It's really those two circling each other. Yeah, and as that happens, and I guess that's pretty much the story really mm-hmm. quick to say Agreed, is, yeah. I mean, basically, um, that's it. They get on the ship which everybody knows, and then it goes from there. And it is action-packed, and I've seen it twice before, and so I know what was going to happen, and I was still on the edge of my seat the yeah. whole time. I was wondering how the how a director pulls that off, because, yeah, you know, you know, often in a true story, you know what the end is. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, you know, Captain Phillips survived because they interviewed him, you know. <laughs> it's, you know, you saw him on the thing, you know, so it's like you know how what the end is. But yet, just edge of the seat, really concerned for everybody. But how you get to the end, and also there was a certain amount of sympathy that was generated, well, really, for all but one of the terrorists. And it's not that you think what they're doing is right, 
But as you see the guy driving the lifeboat, you know, he's got a lot of common sense. He doesn't, you know, uh, it's just this one guy who's kind of out of control. Isn't that always the way with these <laughs> groups of people? There's always one guy causing trouble. So, um, well, they should have known. They said he wasn't from the village. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> that was a warning. Oh, shoot. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, let's, let's jump into spoiler territory. If anybody wants to see it, please go see it. Um, but let's talk about it. Um, it. At the beginning, I really loved what the director did. At the beginning, we showing you a little piece of Captain Phillips' life and then showing you a piece of Musay's life as he prepares to go. But Captain Phillips, you know, packs his stuff is driving with his wife to the airport. They're talking about how tough these trips are, talking about their kid. He can't really miss school. We want him to succeed, (laughs) you know, and and that's what they're talking about. And then you switch to Somalia, and it is just like economic desolation. Um, They've got guns. Um, They're living in shacks. They're not talking about skipping school (laughs) or anything (laughs) like that, you know. So very different realities. It's a, yeah, it's a tiny, like a shanty town near the beach. And uh, when the, what you find out later, this is a warlord who's giving the orders out. But when the cars come up with the bad guys, the tough guys, um, all the women and children have already run away to hide. So already you see, this is not great. Yeah, not good. But what you also see that I didn't, maybe because it's the third time through and we were going to talk about it, you know, you watch this and you think, Muse, he's a fairly easygoing guy for a pirate. He understands if you can get a little um, chemistry going with the person you're talking to. Look, I'm not going to hurt people. We're going to do it like this. I will be tough if I have to. But, and he's not being personable, but he's okay enough mm-hmm. you know yeah by the end of the movie you're feeling some sympathy for him but there are a couple things that are really actually clues that he's not really a nice easygoing guy even though he seems smarter than the others and all that kind of thing which is that he's one of the two captains who are picked <laughs> to go mm-hmm. the guy who's got the main boat that takes everybody out the older guy he says, well, my two captains are going to pick their crews. And he's automatically one of them. Yeah. This is how much experience he has. Right. So he's, he can been do doing, this. he's been doing things for his boss, right? Right. That's the implication, yeah. And then toward the end, when um, he's under a lot of pressure from the big guy, and they're in the lifeboat, and he's like, you can't handle the, the Navy. All this stuff is happening. I'm going to take charge. And he's like, no, I know how to talk to America. And that's when he suddenly gets this really brutal look on his face and he grabs Captain Phillips and takes him out and holds the gun to his head and lets the other guy beat him up, all the things. And that's when you really see who he is. And Captain Phillips looks at him and goes, you're not a fisherman. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not a, fisherman, a fisherman. Yep. Which Love is it. what he had said at the beginning. He goes, you guys come, you take all our fish. What are we supposed to do? We're just simple fishermen trying to make a living. Right. He's like, no. So he's playing a role, right? You're a thug. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, so I saw the director, uh, Greengrass, he was talking about the movie, Paul Greengrass. And he said, uh, he said, the movie in it, it's most basic is about crime and its consequences. And then he said, but at a deeper level, it's about the, it's like the, 
crime and, and what conditions under which it was done. You know what I mean? So it, it's like the, the crime and its consequences is really a stark thing that, you know, everybody, there's no ambiguity there, right? This is a crime mm-hmm. and there are consequences to the crime. But he said the rest of the stuff, it's like, well, why did the crime happen and all this stuff? That's where it gets really interesting, he said, is, you know, mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. So, you know, again, there's, there's just this couple of levels. He said that's what was interesting to me when I was making this movie is is that stuff, you know, about why. Um, and these two two people looking at each other and... And again, like I said, circling each other and, um, you know, while the crime was happening. So um, anyway, I thought it was interesting that he said that crime and its consequences. Well, yeah, because the the easy way and there'd have been no movie was they say, look, there's thirty thousand dollars in the safe. That's all the money we have. Take it. You can have one of the lifeboats go away. Mm, yeah. And they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. No. And um, he was talking about later. He says, "Well, you could have had this." And he goes, "I had, you know." He goes, "Well, I had six million last year." <laughs> yeah. And he goes, "So where are you here now? Where's that money?" And he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, I have bosses." <laughs> he goes, "Well, we all have bosses." Yeah. But what are the kind of what are the choices that we make? Mm-hmm. You know. And of course, this is easy for Captain Phillips to say he can go get another job. This guy is living in a shanty town on a beach. Well, yeah, what are the consequences of not pleasing the boss in his world? Right. And so yeah. they're not um they're not pleading the terrorist cause or the sorry, the pirates cause, but what they're doing is showing like the director was saying, I guess is why do you even do the crime in the first place? What leads you to do that and why do you get good at it? Right. Yeah, they aren't they aren't young toughs doing this because it's fun, or yeah, it's they're thrill. just super cruel, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're doing it because the boss wants them to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing I thought was interesting about some of these exchanges, and they're not very long exchanges, so you have to really kind of pay attention. But you, it's kind of like you know when I said the buffalo and the wolf. Mm. Well, it's kind of like. That with the two captains also, because Captain Phillips is older, experienced. You see that when he's giving the orders on the the channel really quick before the private channel, before they get uh, taken over by the pirates. He's like, okay, here's what you have to remember, this and this and this and this. And then he's continually trying to bargain the guy down, point out all the problems, uh, make it so that they're thinking about it in a different way, so that the pirates are thinking about this a little differently than the intentions they had to start off with. That's a good point. Yeah. So that's the experience Mm -hmm. in leadership and uh, just managing a situation in general. Yeah. And this younger guy has got experience in being a pirate, but he doesn't have as much experience in managing the people. And also it's not a regular crew that's used to going to naturally follow orders. Some are and some aren't. (laughs) Yep. Right. And he doesn't have the experience in dealing with somebody like Captain Phillips. He's very smart. And he can come back in a lot of ways. But um, some things he doesn't have answers to. Right. And he's on foreign ground, right? With that that ship that Phillips knows so well and he doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's just not on solid ground. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's super great, and um, yeah, I really admired Captain Phillips in pretty much every phase of this movie. Um, you know, I, I liked how it's like he had this faith that Wright was gonna triumph, right? You know, he was always trying to. He was always trying to stop it, right? But he wasn't, he was like, you know, right is always, if I can just explain what's right, they're going to do what's right. Um, at least at the beginning, that's what he was always trying to do. Um, in, in trying to save his crew, it's like, well, my goal is just to get these guys off the ship. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's what was highest in his mind. And he was just acting, I mean, all of his decisions I thought were terrific. It was just really I don't know. It, it's there, there's there's a lot of things that go through my head, you know, because you know here we are in 2023, and um, th- this is like a super good example of manhood. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is yeah. what a man should be like, right? And and yeah. it's like we we keep seeing stupid guys, and we keep seeing uh, you know them being put down in in various ways. But here's an example of a, a competent man who believes in right. And um, is trying to do the right thing by everybody, right? So it's like when he's on the ship, it's the crew that he's worried about. And then later on, he ends up in the skiff. And it actually turns into that crew that he's worried about. He's like, we need, we can find a way. He is worried about his own skin, but he's, he's still, it's like, you guys can get out of this. You know, right. um, let's, let's get you out of this. And then um, we finally get to the point where there is basically... There's no way out. There's no way out. Yeah, I'm not going to say giving up, but it was it was almost like an acceptance that this is not going to end very well. And, and at that point, you know, he starts to... So there's like these three phases, um, probably four phases, if you think of at the very, very end, where he's, mm-hmm. he's like letting it all go and uh, is basically falling apart. But um, which was an amazing scene. Mm. It's just heart wrenching yeah. scene. What a thing yeah. that was. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the but anyway. So I really liked that. And then um, you know you always talk about contrasts, and I love it when you do. But you know Muse is the contrast there, and coming from a completely different background, um, with completely different motivations. And, um, you know, it's like Philip says, here's 30 grand, you know, I have this in the safe, it's yours, you guys can leave right now and it'll be over with, you know. Um, but Muse is just like, nope, I need, I need $10 million or whatever he was saying. It was yeah, just I'm going like, to take yeah, you hostage. Right. It's you're like, the payday. Yeah, you're going to give me yeah, $10 million. And Well, and here's where his inexperience shows, um, because... He'd gotten away with things before, evidently, and this he wasn't going to get away with. And what he also didn't know, it seemed like when uh, the Admiral was talking to the captain of the Bainbridge, who was a special ship sent in to handle the situation until the Navy SEALs got there, Mm. uh, when she's like, look, we've had enough of this stuff. That captain cannot be a hostage in Somalia. So you can get him back, or he can just not be a hostage in Somalia. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, which I understand to save face <clears throat> and all this, but good mm. heavens. And so, but Muse 
doesn't understand the dynamics behind all that. And, and all Phillips he can does. see, yeah, yeah, because you really get the point that when he's looking out and he's like, they're like, those, there's another ship and they're so big, and he's looking out the window and going, he, I can't remember, he says something like, oh crap, or something like that, and he sits <laughs> down and he starts talking like, okay, you have to pay attention to me. This is U.S. Navy. This isn't going to go well. Yeah, we have is... to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they're not going to let this happen. This, your goal is not going to be achieved. They're yeah. never going to let me be taken hostage. And just the way he was saying it, you were, I was like, oh, no, he knows. He gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The America's pride is at stake. And if somebody has to accidentally die at the pirate's hands, well, that's how it's going to be. Yep, yep. Uh, and Musa, on the other hand, by the end, you know, he's like, well, I've come too far. I can't back down now. And... When they're saying the village elders are on the ship, they want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, okay, I'll go talk to them. <laughs> and he's acting like, yo, oh, yeah, that's that's going to happen. And the big guy's going, you're an idiot. This is a, um, he was using the best words or the translation was the best words. This is an ambush. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely right. Yeah. And yeah. you feel like Musa knew that, but he had to do it. And he was still asking where are the elders when he got on the ship. Yeah. You know, yeah. so he wanted to believe he that's really, what's really happening. He really, really wanted to, yeah. But deep yeah. down, he knew. Right. I think. I think so, too. I think that's that's really well put because, I mean, it's like, what do you do? You know, <laughs> it, it, it yeah. was his way off. He survived, you know. Um, I don't know if he, he was thinking ask- that far down the line. But, um, but it's like, yeah, the elders are on the ship and they want to talk to you. I mean, how do you respond to that? It's like, yeah, well, I guess I better talk to them then. Um, well, and he was, the thing was, is also he was having the problem of the big guy. Yeah. Was like. Almost who, uncontrollable. He, yeah, he was out of control just on that fine line. And he was reading the situation right. But in order to keep control of what was going on, Musa had to go along with all this stuff. Because he couldn't stand up to him, really. Right. Yeah, he had done the best he could there. It was just it was just really bad. Yeah, and, and he's got that kid with him. The kid with I the know. hurt foot, you know. Yeah, you f- you felt bad for that kid. Mhm. Yeah, but, it was it was it, you know, again, you know, when he gets on the lifeboat, now he's alone in the lifeboat with these pirates. He's he's feeling a lot of empathy for them, you know. Um I just really thought that that was cool and he was he was really trying to do his best by them telling him this is what you got to do you gotta well that's interesting because yeah. i don't i never felt that he actually felt empathetic i felt like it's not that he's a bad guy but i felt like he was continually working the situation not in a way that you could see it but you know when he's like oh let me at least clean his foot up let me clean your hand up well he he was being nice at that mm-hmm. point but it wasn't just to be nice it was also to get an advantage of with the people. Yeah, it was. I mean, he when he was saying, "Here's the best way out." It was also his best way out. Yes, agreed. Um, and yeah. he was using all his people skills to do it. You didn't really see it that way because he was just kind of as things came up. He go, "Well, let me at least clean his foot," and it really it worked because that kid when when he was writing, he was so desperate. He was writing the goodbye to his family because he's like, "This is it." either the pirates are killing me or I'm dying when the Navy tries to take this over, something's happening. So he's writing goodbye to his family 
and the kid's leaning over, kind of blocking the, it from the big guy's view. And he's going, what are you doing? He'll kill both of us. You have to stop. Yeah. You know, and he yeah. was responding to the empathy that he'd been shown earlier. But that's yeah. kind of why yeah. you do well, that. You know, I, I felt like that was a response to kindness, right? Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and, and whether Phillips was actually calculating the that he's doing this because of that, I, I didn't feel that. I felt like he was doing it to be kind. Um, again, you know, I, I really kind of felt like he he wanted he he wanted the resolution obviously for himself. You know, he again he mm-hmm. did want to save his own skin, but I think that he, he if he had gotten his way, everybody would have survived. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do think so. Except that when he pushed that kid off the back of the boat, mm-hmm. I think that showed more that he was not not necessarily calculating, which makes it sound cold. Like I say, I think there were elements of empathy in what he did, mm. but he was really just going, here's the best way to handle this situation. Yeah. Oh, now it's shifted. Okay, now here's the best way to handle this situation. Yeah. Oh, it's shifting again. Okay, mm-hmm. what if we, don't forget this, think mm-hmm. about this, right. you know? Yeah, sure. And so I just think he was being a captain mm-hmm. and a leader mm-hmm. the whole time. Um, and sure. sometimes that included being empathetic. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you mentioned, we, we had talked a little bit before, but the other captains as well. I thought that was really interesting that you brought that up too, because we had a, a captain of the Navy ship and then the SEALs, right? The captain right. of the SEAL. If, if that was a captain, I'm not sure, but it was like the SEALs get He's on. It's leader, like, yeah. It's like, here's your boat, man. Yeah, you guys are in charge now. Um, well, yeah, you had... Hmm. You had a lot of situations where there were two captains, and this you were talking about contrasting things. Mm -hmm. So they were at least looking at different styles, and we said talked a lot about Phillips and Muse, but there was Muse and the other pirate who was the big guy, yeah, was going to take over by sheer force. Um, And Muse's kind of smooth ways, so to speak, didn't work on that guy. They would calm him down some, but not enough. Mm -hmm. And then you had, um, as you said, the Bainbridge CO. And the SEALs, I was calling him a captain, but leader, for right. want of a better term. Yeah. And it's funny because that was almost uh, kind of like the, the swing in the other direction from Phillips and Muse. Because the Bainbridge CEO is like, oh, we got to settle this before the SEALs get here. I know what happens when they get here. Mm-hmm. People die. A lot of people die. And mm-hmm. he was desperately trying to get them to give up because he also didn't want people to die. And in that sense, he's like Captain Phillips, right? He's kind of in the middle. Mm. He doesn't want to be super nice, but he's got to handle the situation because otherwise worse things are going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the SEALs guy and he's like, look, I don't <laughs> care about any of those people. I have one job. Yeah. Which is to get this guy out. And we managed to get the head guy out. <laughs> but these other people aren't going anywhere. And we've got to do this. And we're getting too close to Somalia. Yeah. And I, for one, could not believe they were so stupid when they were like, we'll just tow you in. Oh, okay. I'm like, what? (laughs) Well, now you're attached to them. What are you thinking? Yeah. Um, but they were clearly in over their heads, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And can I, can I say how much I enjoyed watching a competent military? I just, I just love that aspect of this too. It's just like, wow, look at those guys like clockwork. Just click, click, click. I know. You know, USA. Yeah. USA. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Me too. For sure. It was just like, man, glad they're on our side. 
They nailed it. Yeah. Well, and it made me think of another movie that doesn't really have tons for us to talk about, but about a military action that is just two point. And I think maybe I was going to look for this movie, 13 Hours, uh, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Oh, yeah, I have seen that. Doesn't that have uh, Jim Halpert from... Um, John Krasinski? Yeah. But also Max Martini, who is the guy who played the uh, head of the Navy SEALs. Yeah, and I feel like... Yeah, Michael Bay. Mm. It's the only Michael Bay movie <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Lots of things blew up. I love up. it. Yes. But um, it made me think of this movie in the sense of... It's, you know, all the military stuff. It's all got to happen. Here's the operation. Here's what they're up against. And, of course, the 13 Hours movie is um, when everything went wrong in Benghazi, mm. what did they do and how did it? How did they handle things? Right, right. And, um, and this is watching the SEALs in something where they're in charge. Mm. And it's like you're saying. and But even the competent everything. I mean, the way the helicopters were shining the lights and <laughs> going low to make the choppy ocean. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. all that stuff was so interesting. Watching It's yeah. like the part of the beginning. Watching right. the ship try to take the other ship is that technical stuff you're talking about. Yeah, it was it was super interesting. You know, they're like, okay, well, let's bounce this lifeboat around. <laughs> they were telling, you know, they had two other ships that were in this little group. And they said, all right, do your maneuvers. Yeah. And that was just to unsettle those guys, just bounce them around, you know? Yeah. Um, just, yeah, so it was, yeah, just so well executed. It was just enjoyable. Yeah. So good. But, yeah, those those two captains on that, on the Navy ship, yeah, that was an interesting thing, too. Um, so, yeah, we had four, yeah, they four just captains. Had very, <laughs> yeah, they had different goals and different things they carried about. That SEAL, he was in there to do that one job. He didn't care about those guys. They were enemies. And the Bainbridge guy had obviously been through enough of these things that he's like, nope, everybody doesn't have to die if I just have enough time to maneuver things. Yeah, you know? right. And he didn't. And yeah. things were already going south anyway. So, um, But it did make me think when I was watching – and Captain Phillips is like, okay, this is almost at the point of no return. You have got to stop. And he said, I've come too far. Hmm. I can't quit, said Muse. And I thought, at what point do you give up? I mean, Captain Phillips did not give up until he was like, everything is out of my control. I mean, the one guy who could kind of stop people from killing him or hurting him was gone when Muse left. And it was just the big guy who was running everything in there. And it's he doesn't know what's happening. It's very hostile. And he gives up essentially when he's forced to. I mean, that was, I didn't remember that scene mm. when they were tying him up. Oh, yeah. And pulling his arms over his head and putting a blind. When they put, were putting the blindfold on him, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I didn't remember that at all. Oh, wow. Yeah. Intense, so, intense stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. He, yeah, that was essentially when he gave up. Mm -hmm. And he had no reason not to because he had lost all control of everything. Yeah, he was, yeah, there was nothing, nothing else to be done. He did everything. Yeah. yeah. But if Muse had given up at that point, they would have all lived mm -hmm. in prison. But, you know. Yeah, well, Moose Moose at that point was on the other boat. He was he was in the custody of the Navy. 
Right. But mm-hmm. I was thinking of earlier when yeah, Captain earlier. Phillips had been saying, you need to quit. And he's like, I've gone too far. I can't, Irish. Right. I've gone right. Too he far. said that, yeah. And there was that defeat in his mm-hmm. face, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What a hell of a thing. Yeah, those those guys, yeah, with the blindfold, that was almost a, a mercy. <laughs> You know, they put the blindfold on him to shoot him, and, and they got shot. <laughs> and they all got shot. <laughs> well, and then him going, what happened? What happened? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, man, that was yeah. rough. That was rough. You wouldn't have any idea. Oh, no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I also liked your point, though. Um, you were talking about um, one of the things that struck you was thinking about sin and crime. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's just... I don't know. Um, the The whole thing was super real to me. I mean, again, I would use that word authentic. Um, it just mm-hmm. felt right. It felt real. And um, these these different reasons for doing things, you know, <clears throat> coming out of this despair, um, being pressed into to doing something. Um, but that does make you think about just sin and crime, you know, like why people do crimes um, and our tendency towards sin. Um, it's just, you know, we just have this natural tendency, um, you know, we solve these, our problems, you know, and we, um, we make decisions out of greed and, um, we, we end up in these places where we don't have any way to get out, um, at least seemingly so. Right. Mm -hmm. But with sin, we do, we always do have a way out, but it's almost like, you know, I've come too far Irish, (laughs) you know, I've come too far, um, you know, and I think I think that that's what what people do. You know, um, you know, just in a state of sin, it's like you can get to this point where you're like, "But this is my life. I've gone too far down this road. How do I turn around?" And they can't see how to do it. Um, mm. But we always have ways to do so. You know, and Muse, you know, he's like, "I come too far. I can't give up." He had. He could have. <laughs> Yeah. He, yeah, I mean he he had his way out. To him it seemed hopeless. But um it wasn't. And, and he'd had a lot of ways out along the way, you know, mm-hmm. when he was offered the thirty thousand dollars and a lifeboat. <clears throat> yeah. Right. And um also when his engine quit. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. mean there were all kinds of times when he didn't need to come back. Yeah, a lot and of things of showing him out. Yeah. 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 I mean, that one doesn't work. You go away, you try a different one. Yeah. Yeah, and it occurs to me, he also showed what he was like when they were on the main boat. What did they call it? The mothership or whatever. It was fairly small. But with the two crews of pirates. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the one guy would would boss him around, the, the captain for the other group, calling him skinny and taking things away from him and not letting things happen. But when push came to shove, he took care of it. Right, right. There were some other interesting things to me uh, in this, just in the way that the film was made. Yeah. Um, one thing was a, a Tom Hanks said that the way that they did it is, and he says you can't do this on every movie, but in this movie they they were able to, to just film the scenes over and over and over without worrying about like how long the scene was going to be or where their marks were. He oh. said He said they, they simply did the scenes over and over. So he said like the scene, the, the little clip that I saw where he was talking about this, he said the scene where the Somalis come and they take over the boat, they said they did that in a day, 
but they did it over and over throughout the day. Um, okay. And he said, and every time we did it, we discovered new things and all this other stuff. And I thought that that was kind of interesting. I, I know that mm-hmm. that's normally in a movie you do it over and over and you take the best one, right? But, yeah. But it seemed to me, you know, he was saying this was different in that the way that they were doing it was, um, I'm not going to say improvisation, but it was like yeah. it was like less structured than it would normally be, and they were reacting to each other and letting themselves go places um, okay. that they wouldn't be allowed to. Because I'd heard. I, and I didn't see it again, but I'd heard when the movie came out where they were talking about the scene where Musay's on the bridge and he goes, look at me, look in my eyes. Mm. I'm the captain now. <laughs> that that was completely improvised. Oh, I love it. Yeah, And so that cool. would kind of go along with what you're saying. And that's like one of the, I would call it the highlights of the movie. It's like if you're going to describe the movie, that moment would be one of them, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm the captain now. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And then the other big moment to me, it was in the, at the very end, they, uh, Tom Hanks as Captain Phillips goes to the medics in the Navy, the Navy medics. And there was this heart wrenching scene where the medics are taking care of him, you know, and, and he's in shock and they're, you know, cut his shirt off and, uh, try to make sure he's not hurt. And, um, from what I understand, that was a scene that wasn't in the script or anything. And um, I don't know how they decided to do it, but they just decided to do it. And they used Navy medics and they just told them, do what you would do. And then um, mm. Hanks did what he did, right? And it was, was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was astounding. It was, I yeah. Watched that and I was always like, I knew he was a good actor, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it was heart wrenching, mm-hmm. and just letting go of all that stress, everything that had happened to him. He's well, he's okay, you know. And it's, it's not great. even that so much as just the full weight of everything. Yes, couldn't yeah. even be processed. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even remember how to talk, really. Yeah, you yeah. know. Oh, and he, um, she's like, you know, she asked him something about the blood, and he's like, "That's not mine." <laughs> Uh, Not all mine. Not all mine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. What a, what a thing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. You know, this also made me think of, um, the, isn't it the Marine song from the halls of Montezuma to Mm. the shores of Tripoli? Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I just assume, do you know, you know about Tripoli, right? It was pirates. Yeah, sure. Mm Mm-hmm. There was a huge pirate problem, mm-hmm. and this was back in George Washington's day. <laughs> so this oh, is, man. we have had pirate problems from day one. Those pirates, yeah. Yeah, and it was a similar thing, you know, over there in Tripoli. So the Barbary pirates, of course, and they were um, causing havoc among merchants, U.S. ships, continually raiding them, taking cargo and valuables, taking the crews and ransoming, ransoming them back, charging fees for safe passage. Mm-hmm. And finally, the Marines went, no, no, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, well, Thomas Jefferson said, no, thank you. And so he sent the Marines in. Oh, man. And then they had a bit of a, oh, Pasha, that's it. Mm-hmm. It was a Pasha of Tripoli. Who, uh, oh my gosh, they captured a ship, and then um, he ordered the flagstaff cut down in front of the U.S. consulate 
uh. <laughs> and that was it. Awesome. We were finished. <laughs> yes. And they went in, and unfortunately, <laughs> there was some stuff that happened that wasn't that great. Uh, uh, like maybe a few mistakes were made. But then <laughs> we went back and took care of it. Oh, wow. So it just, I was just like, oh, it's mm-hmm. the shores of Tripoli all over again, but modernized because, you know, you hear pirates, it sounds great, you've seen them in movies, um, Captain Jack Sparrow, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, what was the one who, in New Orleans, Lafayette, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helped out the U.S. because he didn't like the British, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. But when you see this, you realize these are pirates like they always were. Yeah. They've yeah. always been brutal. They've always been, um, except I guess when the, you know, back when, I, f- I keep forgetting, like the British and the Spanish would go, well, for the government, you can go do this. Hmm. Then it was kind of like a Cold War situation. You're just sneaking around, taking each other's ships. But in these situations... They're not great. Mm-hmm. You know, they're awful. And people's lives are at stake and yeah. matter. And also, it's not a great culture for the people where the pirates are coming from. Now, we were shown, like, what, a few minutes in a terrible situation. And um, you were when you were talking about sin, I was thinking about the warlord mm. who... Was who who ordered them to go out and do this? Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's trickling down because he has got all this stuff in his control, and he is using it to wreak this brutality in order to get gain. Right, and he doesn't care about the people's lives. Not and a he bit. Probably has. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he probably has somebody people he's contending with, and you know he's got bosses, things like that. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, this is just that ripple effect. Indeed, yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, the same ripple as sin has, right? Right. Yeah, we think it doesn't affect other people, but of course it does. Yeah, and they don't care if it affects other people. No, they do not. In fact, they see the effect on other people, and they just keep on going. Yeah, they don't care. Right. It's nothing to do with them. The rest of us fool ourselves into that. We're not affecting people by this. Well, yeah. (laughs) Whatever it is that we're doing. It's that thing, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone, it's okay. But, you know, sin always hurts everyone. Anybody, a right. lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So, have have you encountered this director before, Greengrass? Oh yeah, the Bourne movies. Yeah, and, and I was looking at that list, and I have not seen his Bourne movies. They're they're not. He what? Didn't, he didn't do like the Bourne Identity wasn't him. It was like the Bourne Ultimatum, which is what the third one, and then. Um, Jason Bourne, which is one I haven't seen. I don't recall seeing the Bourne Ultimatum and then the Bourne Supremacy. Okay, well, I've seen the Bourne Supremacy and the Bourne Ultimatum. Okay, I don't know that I've seen those. I've seen the Bourne Identity. And then Jason Bourne is another one with Matt Damon. I don't think I've seen that either. So I have three Bourne movies to see. I didn't want any more after that. And the Bourne Legacy sounded interesting, uh-huh. but I wasn't that interested. I'd seen enough. Yeah. Well, it's like it's Jeremy Renner. Yeah, Jeremy Renner was in the one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a favorite. Well, I could recognize him through the looked like window blinds. I oh. could just see part of his face, yes. but I knew who it was. <laughs> like I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so So, I've yeah, looking seen... through this list, I have only seen News of the World. Oh, did he do News of the World? He did, yeah. 
Okay, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I liked it. Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, the book was better. I just had to say that it was required of me. Um, we always wanted to see United 93 and never did. Yep, I haven't seen that either. And um, but I'm very interested. I think that he, he did such a good job. I, I'm wondering how good his other stuff is here. So I'm never watching a movie called Bloody Sunday. That's just not happening. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I, British Irish film. Irish so, so Dairy. Rights, yeah. No, no, thank you. Oof. Not my kind of thing. So. Rough, yeah. Yeah, and his uh, his next film is going to be 1984. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. watch it. Yeah, it says... Too many rats. Uh, too many rats. Well, I can't you know. tell who's in it. It just says in development. Um, no Let's idea how see. far, but it just, it just lists the writers. You know, George Orwell and James Graham. But it's... <laughs> But, Everybody knows that's a famous partnership. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no no stars are attached or anything like that. Well, I see something that says he was he's supposed to do a medieval action film, The Hood, hmm. starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Ooh. based on the story of the English Peasants' Revolt in 1381. Well, sign me up for that. Then it said he was announced... He would write and direct an adaptation of the Stephen King novel Fairy Tale. Huh. Because Stephen King is a fan of his movies, and so he sold him the option to adapt the film. Very nice. <clears throat> Very nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Was well, there anything else you would like to say about Captain Phillips? No. Yeah. I mean, I, I think really that did it, it for me. Yeah, me too. I, I really liked the movie. I thought, it, again, I'd use the word authentic. I think this is the third time I've used it. I really like that about it. Um, action all the way through, like you said, but with this underlying depth, this just ripple of depth under it, where we're just thinking yeah. about motives of people and um, what makes people do what they do, and uh, there's truth there. Yeah. And I'm thinking also the there's one word we didn't touch on, which is heroism. Mm. When we think of heroes, is you know um, they're they're always. Not always, but often larger than life. Yeah. And so after something like that, they kind of, they, they might be troubled. Yeah. They shake it off. <laughs> they, they go on. Yeah. Like Batman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, um, but what I think this movie shows is how you are a hero, which is, as you said, you keep trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. and the situation shifts and you keep trying to do the right thing and it shifts again and you keep, he kept coming back to here are the basic truths of the situation. Here are the basic truths of the relationship that we're in and how things are working and how I can see it mm-hmm. and kept trying to present that in different ways as things shifted. Yeah. And that in itself, I think is being heroic. He could, that's it's great. Because mm. he never quit. Yeah, yeah. And and the parts of the crew were heroic, too. You know, the guy who has to throw something to distract an armed gunman and go and so he can turn off the power. Yeah. Because that's going to save all the other people on the ship if they can't see down in that basement area. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever it is, it's not a basement, <laughs> but down in the hole. I know they yeah. don't have basements on ships. I know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in the dark and it's down low. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and the guy who um, is trying to get the water, but he's hiding 
and he hears the clue and he's like, okay, break some glass. One of these mm. guys has bare feet. Yes. Yeah, so they're all doing what they can with the constraints that are on them. Mm. They don't have to do that. They could freeze. You yeah. know, the the guy goes down there looking for everybody <laughs> and they capture him. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, makes makes you makes me anyway wonder. You know, how would I be in that situation? It's like, it's a model. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, we we have opportunities for heroism all the time, and we like to think we'd come through. Um, you know, nothing this intense, obviously. You know, but try to do the right thing. Well, and I guess that's it—the small moments of heroism. Yeah, and it's not really being heroic. I mean, you know, being a hero is the ultimate standing up for what's right, going in there, taking the extra step. I mean, and Captain Hill- Phillips, two real her- heroic moments, I say, were when he's saying, don't kill this guy, shoot me instead. I'm the captain, kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he meant it. Mm-hmm. And then when he went ahead and got on the lifeboat. Everything else, he was trying to manage the situation. And keep coming back to doing what's right. And he didn't quit. And that is also good. But in those two situations, he was sacrificing himself for other people. That he was. So, but we do have moments to practice, you know, doing the right thing when it's difficult. Little moments in our lives. And those are the things that build that muscle so that you take a bigger step if you have to. Mm. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's great. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. So, uh, looking at Tom Hanks, his next one is going to be called Here. Set in one single room, follows the many people who inhabit it over years and years, from the past to the Hmm. future. (laughs) Robert Zemeckis. Which, it's so problematic. (laughs) It could be great, or it could be a Polar Express situation. (laughs) (laughs) We do not know. Yeah. Yeah. He's done things I like and things I don't. Mm-hmm. So that'll yeah. be interesting. But they do work together a lot, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then he's going to be in Asteroid City, which is the latest Wes Anderson. Oh, great. I've seen a wait. little ad for that. It's got an incredible list of people in it. So everybody loves to work with Wes Anderson. Mm. It's like Woody Allen. Oh, cool. Or some of these other directors. If they want you to work, you're like, yes, please. <laughs> That's just how yeah. these, some what, of these directors, these people just love to work with them. So. Oh, man. Yeah, what they you do know, is show They can up. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Too good. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for watching this movie with me. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the movie. It's a good one. It. I haven't it's, seen it for a while. It is a good one. All right. So where are we headed next? To a book called uh, A Song for Nagasaki. Oh. By Paul Glenn. And I have not read this, so looking forward to it. Okay. This yeah. is about one of my favorite people who I don't know why he's not a saint. I guess he hasn't done the required miracles or something. Maybe mm. we'll find out. But this is an example of um, somebody who was an atheist, who finds faith, and then lives that faith in the most amazing heroic way Hmm. and it's a true story cool true story love it true story to true story yeah (laughs) that's great that's gonna be good looking forward to it all right well thank you again and thanks for listening everybody yes Mm mm-hmm
And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs> talk to you soon. Bye-bye, all. <laughs> okay. Bye.